everybody this morning. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just one other notice. I didn't make it to the notice sheet. Um, tonight at Holy Trinity Church in Staley Bridge, there is a Churches Together um, service. We've got a great level of unity with the other churches in the community. So that will be 6.30 at Holy Trinity Church um, tonight. Uh, service of Christian unity. Um, I did also want to give... Um, Real thanks to um, the prayer team who've been heading up these Tuesday night prayer meetings. You know what? They've been absolutely fantastic. And the presence of God has been um, wonderful, really wonderful. And just a sense of God speaking and us drawing close to him. Um, So our impact groups um, will recommence, um, not this Tuesday, but the one after and I just want to encourage you, if you're not at an impact group, um, as, you, as you're not this week, come along for our final prayer meeting of this three-week period of the Daniel Fast. And if you're not involved in an impact group, then um, please speak to one of the leaders after the meeting. If you don't know who to talk to, um, talk to me, and um, we can get you connected. There's tremendous power in connection, isn't there? There's tremendous power in working with others, and, um, you know... We believe that God is for us, and if God is for us, who shall stand against us? But we do have an enemy that wants to take us out and take us down. And one of the ways that we grow in our faith is being involved um, in in small group activities, small group um, impact groups, um, studying the Word of God together, growing together, learning together, and... um, you know, I have the privilege of being in Andy and Lindsay's impact group um, over in Staley Bridge near Trinity School, and um, we have some tremendous times together. I know all the impact groups are good, but that's my group, and I would encourage each and every one of you to get involved in an impact group if you're not already. If you feel like you're on the fringes a little bit of what we do as a church, or fringes of church family, then that might be because you're not involved in an impact group. Pastoral care flows down through our impact group, so we'd love you to get involved. I also felt, um, this, as I was preparing this word, um, that the Lord gave me a specific prophetic word for someone. Um, just really believe that God was saying, there's someone here or listening on the live stream, and you've really limped through your Christian life for the last couple of years. You've been wounded by disappointments and hurts. But God says it's time to dance again. He says, my burden is light, so hand over your pain and heaviness and receive his peace. Lord, we just um, come before you this morning and uh, we pray, Lord, for every single person that that resonates with this morning. Lord, that we would um, hand all heaviness and discouragements and disappointments to you at the foot of the cross, Lord, and that we would receive your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, So um, here we are. um, We're on message three of the Start Right series. And um, with this is Start Right Challenge 2020, as we're looking at this challenge that God's laid down for us for this um, year ahead. Challenge 2020, it says, one plus one makes two, be a disciple-making disciple. 
That's what God has called us to be. God has called us to be a people of multiplication. And um, as believers, we are equipped and called to make disciples, to, um, to make disciples, to make other believers. And uh, as we started this year, and I shared this word for, with you back in December about Challenge 2020, I said, I've really felt God was challenging us and calling each and every one of us this year and those watching on live stream and those who are part of this fellowship but aren't here this morning to um, take up the challenge to befriend others, to befriend someone and to um, disciple them this year, to make a disciple, to bring other people into the family of faith this year. And we're going to do various things to help equip and enable us to do that. So in our small groups, um, we're doing the um, Talking Jesus evangelism course that will just give encouragement and help and advice and it will equip us to be able to fulfill that mandate of God. God has created us to multiply, to grow the kingdom. It's not just about growing this church, although I really believe this is going to be a year of church growth, and um, that's what we should all be longing for. But But most of all, to grow the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Andy Chadwick or the kingdom of Revive Church or Reach Church, but to grow the kingdom of God. And it's part of our vision as uh, Reach Church to reach up in passionate worship and pray. You can see on the left of the screen there. To reach out in love, compassion and evangelism. To reach in in fellowship and discipleship. And this is all part of us reaching out, being a church that reaches our community. And um, that verse there says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's from the Amplified Translation. And um, the, the Passion Translation puts it this way, which I thought was quite nice. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Wow, what a challenge. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And we'd make that a priority. Now, for some people... Um, their priority is football or Sunday morning sports. And that is their treasure. And so that's, that's what they pursue. And other things fall further back in the pecking order. For some people, um, they love their horse first. Jesus comes later on. And so on a Sunday morning, you'll find them uh, mucking out their horse and doing horsey things. Um, because that's their priority. This is what I do on a Sunday morning. I, I do my horse, or whatever it may be, because that's, that's their treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And this is a real challenge to us, and it's all about what our priorities are. Our priorities should be the kingdom of God. It should be loving Jesus. And as we draw close to him, and as we love him, then we'll love what he loves. And you know what? He loves the lost. He loves the lost. And his heart is for this world. He loves the lost. Uh, Most of you know I'm married to Jackie, and Jackie loves gardening. And she loves garden centres. Now, um, gardening's not my first love. um, But Jackie loves gardening. And so... um, it's, um, it's not a big issue for me to go and walk around um, a posh garden somewhere, 
at a National Trust place because it's what she loves. It's what's on, it's, it's part of her passion and part of her God-given shape. So it's not a problem for me to walk around a garden and to ooh and ah about the roses and the tulips and this sort of thing because it's one of the things that she loves. And I don't mind going um, to garden centres. I might not be overly interested in um, all the different plants, but I go and I have a look and, and, and I sit in the coffee shop and wait as Jackie looks around. And that's because I love her. I've, I learn, I'm learning to love what she loves. And if we love the Lord, then we should be passionate about the things that he is passionate about. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's part of our DNA, not just as a church, whatever the name of the church, but it's part of our built-in DNA as, as believers, as children in the kingdom of God, to want to um, reach out and reach the lost with this good news that we possess, that God's given to each and every one of us. But as this year, as we become Reach Church, it's who we are, a church that reaches. Okay, you might think, well, crumbs, you know, you've had a few names in the last 10 years. Well, we were Revival Church, but some people thought that we would just be sitting in a, in a dark room praying for the end time revival to come. And we know that God wants, there, God wants to use us as people. Um, to be his, um, to be his agents of change in the community, and we became Revive Church because we really believe that God wants to use us to revive communities. And but as this um, next transition takes place, we're becoming Reach Church because God wants us to reach our community, and it's not just all about semantics. It's not just all about what the words are, but it's about who we are as people. And it's a mandate of God. Jesus um, says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So that is about discipleship, discipling others, growing other believers. This is a mandate of Jesus towards the church. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And that is a brilliant um, ending to that phrase, because that is quite a big ask, isn't it? Go and make disciples of all nations, of all communities, of all people groups, baptizing them, teaching them, discipling them. But the good news is, we don't go it alone. And one of my um, friends, a guy called Paul Truswell, is um, going to be walking from the southernmost tip of the, of the country um, right up through Scotland. He does these about every two years. He goes on what I would call a ridiculously long walk to raise money for charity. And you know what? He's going on his own. He's walking the length of the country um, all by his own self, as a member of my family would say, all on his own. Now that is a big ask because when your feet are sore and when you're cheesed off and when you just want to stop um, in the pub for fish and chips and a pint, there's no one else to call you on and call you on to go further. But we don't go it alone. We go with Jesus. He is our best travel companion. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. Even when you don't feel it, He's with you always. 
Every single day, he is with you. Thank you for that encouragement. But it's truth. It's truth. Well, I'm glad you did, Belinda. Keep going, love. Keep going. You know, um, as I lie in my bed at night, um, on the edge of the mattress, (laughs) you know, I I could lie there and think, this is a cold, dark room, and I'm all alone. And because it's dark in the room, I could be under the impression that I'm all by myself. But the truth is, if I reach out to my left, Jackie's there. She might be fast asleep, <laughs> but she's there. The good news is that even when we feel like we're on our own, and, and it may look like it's dark and gloomy, and it's a bit dark and cold, um, we just have to reach out, and Jesus is there. His promise he is with us always, even to the end of the age. And the even better news, he's not asleep. All right, He's there. He's there with us. He's there for us. He's there to encourage us. So when we feel discouraged, we take our encouragement from him. When we feel weak, we take our strength from him. You know, um, most of you know, um, I haven't been very well throughout December. And a little bit into January, and my voice still isn't um, great. Uh, thanks to the guys who have tried to carry the song on this morning, because you thought my voice had packed up. I was just moving on to the next song, but it's okay. <laughs> because I'd, like, I'd done with that song, like, coming back, no, we're carrying on. But you know, that's okay, because what that shows is um, we're a team, we're in it together, and, and we're carrying on. And so when I said on the breath of the team, I'm finished, I didn't mean like, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. I just thought, like, can we move on now? But that's okay, because we're in it together. And I'm grateful that, that um, the team this morning um, stood with me and pressed on um, because of that love and support together. And I'm so grateful that, that the wider team in the church um, helped and encouraged and blessed and led worship and preached and did all those things that I just couldn't do. I just, I just had no voice. I was poorly. And I must admit, you know, when, we, when we're poorly and we're not very well, um, there are times when it is easy to think, it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to, to get um, on a bit of a Debbie Downer and think, crumbs, you know, this is rubbish. And God, where are you in the midst of this pain or discomfort? There are times when I wondered whether I'd ever be able to lead worship or preach again because my throat was that bad. But the reality is, even in that, um, that short period of time of not being very well, that Jesus was always there, always with me. He promises he will never leave us or forsake us. He's always, always there for us. And so why don't we naturally reach out more? Well, it's probably because of fear. We know that fear closes doors. And I'm just going to talk briefly about some of these uh, fears. Uh, Firstly, fear of being inadequate. Many of us don't reach out because of what we think we don't know. Um, But what I would say is don't let that be an obstacle. Share what you do know. What you know best of all, what you know better than anybody else is your story. That's what you know best of all. You know your story, you know and what God has done in your life. So share what you do know. 
And don't feel inadequate because at the end of the day, if we're relying on the goodness of us, then we're always going to fall short, aren't we? But the reality is we're reliant on the goodness of God. We're relying on the power and the presence and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Do you like the three Ps? Power, presence and promise. It's true. We're reliant on him, not on us. So when we feel that weight of inadequacy, we need to shrug it off like a wet blanket and say, I'm not having that because I'm reliant on the goodness of God and the prompting and empowering of the Holy Spirit. The second fear we struggle is, is the fear of reputation. The fear of reputation, and, or maybe the fear of losing our reputation. But you know what? When the gospel is brought with love and grace, it is a gift. It is a gift. Not condemnation and judgment. Let's not fear about losing reputation because we need to be living apostles. We need to be a living message of the goodness of God. Wherever we are, in our workplace, in our neighbourhood, in our community, on our street. And remember that the Bible says that we're to be salt and light. Now, most of you um, who don't have high cholesterol will probably put salt on your dinner, won't you? Maybe when you're having Sunday lunch, you'll put a bit of salt and pepper on high cholesterol people. Don't do it, it's not worth it. But we're called to be salt and light, and salt actually brings out the flavour of the meal. Light brings out colours. In a dark room, everything seems black and dark and gloomy, but when you put the light on, you can see the colours, and um, there's a famous passage in Scripture about that. If you put too much salt on something, um, then it tastes horrible, doesn't it? And likewise... Um, If you put too much light into a room, it's unpleasant on the eyes. And we need to remember not to just go for the throat. That's when we lose reputation. When we just push and push and push and push and push and make people feel thoroughly um, cornered. That's when we lose lose reputation. Too much salt. Too much salt um, makes people sick. And, And too much of the same thing That's when we get accused of being Bible bashers. But don't fear losing reputation. But know the gospel brought with love and grace is a gift. It's a gift. Fear of rejection. That's probably the biggest one. Fear of rejection. But I would say take baby steps. Remember that people come to faith over a process of time, over a journey. So the first time you speak to them probably isn't going to be the time that they want to know about how to make this decision to give their life to Jesus. So understand that it's a process, a process of moving people along the scale of really not caring less to really wanting to give their lives to Jesus. Because what tends to happen is if we rush people along that scale, along that process, they might just say the prayer to get rid of us but not really have the conviction of heart and then not follow through. We need to be others aware. Aware of where people are at. Aware of where people are at on the scale. And be mindful and prayerful about that. And listen to the Holy Spirit. We might fear um, hypocrisy, fear of looking hypocritical. Well, you know, the good news is that none of us are perfect. None of us 
are the finished product. We're all a work in progress. Um, But the truth is, if we live right, if we live a life of honour and integrity, it will be all right. If we live right, it will be all right. If we live um, poorly and don't show integrity in the workplace or in our neighbourhood, if we're always effing and blinding at the neighbours for where they park their cars, or if we're rude and obnoxious at work, the reality is they probably won't want to know about our faith because it comes over as a bit hypocritical. I remember um, my first day on uh, a job. Uh, well, I arrived uh, at my new job. I was working at a jeweller's um, called Ernest Jones in Altrincham, and um, I'd been transferred there from H. Samuel in Stratford. And as I arrived in my... Um, suit. I'd got a little um, cross badge on my lapel and um, the manager who was opening up the shutters first thing in the morning turned around, saw the cross and said, oh no, not another bleep Christian. Oh, like, well, welcome to the branch. <laughs> Yay, great. Um, what a great starting point. But the reality was that the previous member of staff that they'd got rid of was such a pain in the neck and, um, and lived such a, a poor example of a Christian that um, her viewpoint of Christians was a very negative one. So I had to make sure to try and um, undo that reputation and that viewpoint um, during my time at that place. And hopefully I did a little bit, at least. And lastly, um, fear of failure. Fear of failure. Um, you know what? We'll always fail from time to time. Uh, failure is just a part of the journey to success. And we need to remember that and not be discouraged by our failures in this area. Remember that Jesus said, I will build my church. In Matthew 16, 18, we're merely partners <laughs> in the process. Now, I must admit, there have been times when um, church has gone through difficult spells where I prayed and said, well, come on, Lord, you said you build your church. Get on with it. I'm doing my best here. Come on. But Jesus is the one who promises to build his church. We're partners in the process. And so um, it's not all down to you, I guess, is what I'm saying at the end of the day. I think we've all got a want to. We all want to see more people become believers, more people come into the life of the church. We just need to make a start. And this passage from Romans 10 says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And that someone is us. You know, I recently attended the funeral of um, a lovely lady from a community in Duckingfield um, who was a, a local dog walker. And um, she'd walked little Moses for us a number of times and had had various chats and conversations with her. But the saddest thing about her funeral um, was that there was no mention of God at all. There was a hastily done Lord's Prayer at the end, um, but no mention of hope. And you know, the good thing about Susie's funeral on Thursday afternoon, although it will be really sad, 
it will be great that we can celebrate the life she lived and the hope she had in her saviour and that we'll all rejoice and dance with her in heaven when we go to be with him at the end of our days. There's great hope there. But in this funeral of a friend um, of ours, there was no message of hope. There was no talk of God or heaven or faith. And, um, you know, that made me feel really heavy-hearted. And I must admit, for a few days, I felt really sad about the fact that I'd made comments. I'd tried to start conversations with this lady about faith, but not got any further. She'd always closed it down or moved on. And so instead, I focused on building friendship. Building friendship opens the door for us to be able to share our lives with others, but it's a long road. But friendship and love opens the doors. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers, and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost. Confuse people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. I love the take that the message translation um, puts on that. Other translations put it slightly differently, but I love that, that concept. Don't begin with traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers, but go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood because we're called to go. Now, uh, many of us might think, well, um, you know, I'm not called to go to Thailand. We had a, a gentleman here a few months ago who, with his wife, ministered to mountain village communities in Thailand. Well, you might think, well, I'm not called to go to Thailand. <clears throat> I'm not called to go to some far-off place. But we're all called to go and to start with the people in our communities, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to proclaim the kingdom, the message of hope, to bring healing and raise the dead. That's physical healing, spiritual healing. Offer to pray. In your neighborhood, when someone tells you that they're not well, offer to pray for them. You might want to pray for them right there, or you might say, well, I'll pray for you at home. I remember doing this at a place of work, a school I worked in in Macclesfield, a lady was really upset because her son, who'd just gone to university in London, had been mugged in his first week. And she was really frightened for him. He'd gone to hospital, but he was okay, a bit battered and bruised. And um, as she walked off up the corridor, I said, I'm going to be praying for your son. And it stopped her in her tracks. And she turned with tears in her eyes and said, thank you so much. And although we didn't, you know, I didn't lead her to Jesus in that moment, she knew that um, there was friendship and love there to pray for a son. Because love opens doors. So pray. Offer to pray. Um, in a few weeks' time, we've got um, um, Andrew Murray, um, who's a, a healing evangelist. He travels all over the world um, speaking and um, praying for the sick and seeing many come to faith and many healed. Um, you know what, um, we would love to see this place 
filled, absolutely filled to the back doors. It's a Friday evening. Um, the information's on the notice sheet. And we would encourage you to bring people. Yeah, come yourself um, if you're sick. Come to hear the word of God to build your faith on healing. But see who you can bring, who you can invite to that as well. Um, you, the reality is that you know we've all got the same anointing and gift of healing through Christ Jesus. But just some people like Andy Murray, um, not the famous tennis player, this guy who's speaking on that day, um, some people like him just have more experience of moving in that particular gift. And um, so, so moving it with a greater level of confidence. It says in the passage, um, kick out the demons. Kick out the demons. Now sometimes that means literally, but often metaphorically. We need to be people who bring light where darkness pervades. And lastly, freely give. Freely give. You've been treated generously, so live generously. We need to be people who live generously, who freely give in grace, word and deed. And we do that by praying. Praying for those in our community. Praying for our neighbours. Showing that we care. Having an ear to hear what they're saying and, and sharing, sharing our own stories and our own faith. I remember hearing J. John talking about his relationship with his neighbours and one of them had become ill and had a stroke and ended up in hospital and they'd visited um, this person several times um, but they got the call to say and they'd been told it was the end of that person's life and could they go and pray with them one last time as they as they went as they sort of slipped away at the end of their days and um, J. John tells this story I, mean, I can't tell it the way he does because it's his story um, but he went and he prayed and, and he said often in people's last moments it's comforting to pray something that they're familiar with so um, he prayed the Lord's Prayer as, over this person with his wife Keely and uh, this person had been unresponsive for a number of days, but as they just held hands together at the bedside and prayed the Lord's Prayer, they only got to the third line and this, this person sat up in bed, much to their horror. The way he tells it, it's a bit like something out of a horror film with zombies sitting up, but she sat up in bed and was, was then ended up going back home the next day. And in time, they were able to lead this person to the Lord. Pray, care, and share your hope, your story. We need to be a people who listen generously and speak graciously. You know, it's really hard in this hectic world that we live in to give time to really listen. But it's a gift to listen to someone tell their story or what they're going through. So I would encourage you to listen and pray. And as you're listening to them, listen to what the Holy Spirit might say. And prompt you to say, you know, um, this year we're hoping to launch our community garden. And what a great opportunity for us to and welcome the community in and to do some practical activities with them. But have time to listen to them and to speak with some of the, some of the loneliest people in our communities. And through that love and hope and grace, we can draw them closer to God. We can share with them the truth and hope that we possess. The same with our TLG, our mentors that go into the local schools and spend one hour a week with a child just doing some activities with them, listening to them. 
How many people in our community just don't feel listened to? It's incredible. Listening is a gift. So listen generously. Speak graciously. Tell them God's story. That God seeks relationship with us. But they can't get there. We can't get there without Jesus. Share your story of the hope that you've carried and how God's helped you through tricky times. And lastly, talk about their story and how God can bring hope and life to their circumstances. Because love opens a door and relationship makes the way through. That's why we have these events These community events, our light party, Christmas festival, Easter Sunday fun day, community garden, all examples of um, what you might call the social gospel, but us reaching out and touching those in need in our communities. You know, we can do that in our impact groups and have special events and invite other people. Maybe go out, take your neighbours out for a meal and invite a couple of other people from the church too to build community, to build relationship, love And friendship opens a door. You see, some are called to go global. Some are called to go to the nations. We've got to be really sure. You know, we felt God call us to go out to Spain and get involved with church planting out out there. But it was years as between the initial call and as actually being released to go. Years of praying and believing. Years of listening to God. Years of supporting other ministries out there that were already doing what God had called us to do. Years of studying and praying and watching for the right season in God. His timetable. It's his timetable and not ours. Some are called to go global. But others... Most of us are called to go local, to befriend others, to be open, to care and offer prayer. 77% of those who come to faith come to faith because they're invited by a friend. 77%, that's three quarters. And, and, And the other percentage... About 23% come for other reasons. Maybe um, a flyer through the door. Maybe um, they'd met um, the minister at an event or something like that. Whatever it is, all those other things fall into that 23%. But 77% of those who come to faith do so because a friend brought them to church. Let's believe that this year is going to be a year of growth. A year of harvest. You know, we are looking to run an Alpha course in the autumn this year. So that for each and every one of us that have made contacts um, in the community throughout the year, we've got something else to invite them to where they can hear more and listen more and understand more. What a fantastic opportunity. But don't wait until September to start inviting people and befriending people. We need to start now. We need to pray for boldness. We need to ask God and ask him to show us by the Holy Spirit where he's showing us favour. Invite him to uh, invite uh, people we know maybe to some of our men's events or ladies' events or whatever else that we're doing in the life of the church. And let's pray for Holy Spirit boldness as we do so. In our prayer meeting on Tuesday night, um, as we were just sat praying, I, 
God gave me a picture of doors flying open. And he said there are, there are going to be open doors before us that we haven't seen open before as we befriend others and share the gospel. And as I saw these doors opening, behind that another door opened. And then I saw that image from the Monsters, Inc. film where they've got conveyor belts of doors just flying in from all directions. And I really believed that God was showing a picture of harvest. Doors flying open and opportunities to welcome others into the kingdom of God. So as we pray, let's pray for boldness by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray that God would equip us and enable us to share our faith in an honest and legitimate way, not like a kosh over the head, but with love and grace. Finally, this verse from Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. They preached the word of God with boldness. And that's what we want, isn't it? You can, we haven't got time today to read um, from Luke 15 the story of the lost sheep and then later on the, the other lost items. But the truth is God cares about lost things and lost people. And we need to believe that God is for us, enabling us to do so. Shall we stand together as we pray and then we're going to sing. Lord God, we thank you that you love the lost. And we thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us has got a story, a tale to tell about when we were lost, Lord, but you found us. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us with holy boldness and fill us with anointing and fill us with power, just as you did in the book of Acts. Power and authority to speak on your behalf. Lord, we pray, let fear be gone in Jesus' name. And let faith arise in our hearts as we believe for the lost to be found. As we believe for this year 2020 to be a year of harvest in Jesus' name. Lord, fill us with your power and authority, we pray. Fill us with a passion for the lost. Lord, let us our hearts beat with what's on your heart for our communities, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this week be praying and asking God.